Broadway Show Uncut. So glad you're here. I'm Tamsin Fidel. Well, you're not going to find another podcast like this one. Stacked with star power. And of course, we're talking about the best and the brightest of Broadway. This is a collaboration between two huge stars, Paul Bettany and Jeremy Pope. They're on the show to talk about bringing the collaboration to Broadway. The conversation's coming up in just a few minutes. But first, there is life after Romeo, after all. The new Broadway musical, And Juliet, is awesome if you haven't seen it. Everybody loves this one. It features our favorite hits from the 90s and early 2000s. But it's so much more than that. Asking what happens to Juliet if she decides not to kill herself after Romeo's suicide. I got the chance to catch up with Juliet herself, Lorna Courtney. Take a listen. So I'm intrigued by the fact that you knew you wanted to pursue acting at such a young age and you were determined. So LaGuardia High School is not far from my house and yeah. I pass it all the time thinking like, oh, there's gotta be so much talent in there. And you were one of the talent. Talk a little bit about that because you were determined. Yes, so I auditioned for LaGuardia High School in I believe it was the end of, oh no, seventh grade counts, but it was eighth grade, the beginning of eighth grade. and. My audition, ooh, what did I sing? I, I sung I Feel Pretty oh, from wow. West Side Story. And I was in West Side Story and I understudied Maria. Um, so full circle. When I got in, I did not know that I was going to be studying opera. I thought that I was gonna be studying Max Martin songs. Yeah, <laughs> the songs yeah. that I grew up listening to on the radio and on now on Spotify, Apple Music. So it was, a blessing because it was like fame, like the, the television mm -hmm. show. You, there was people singing and dancing on the tabletops in the cafeteria, Gosh. playing their guitar during like, wow. you know, breaks in the, in, in the hallways and everyone was just so talented and so supportive, so loving. And it really just um, nurtured me and, and helped me find out that I wanted to do musical theater. And I eventually applied for um, many, an audition for many different colleges, and I decided to go with Michigan. So mm -hmm. wonderful. So now to get back and forth to school, I know that it, you know, it, it took a bit, like you had quite the commute and you did it because you didn't care, you were determined to go. Is that right? Yes, that's true. I, it's about an hour and a half. So I took a bus and three trains. To get to school every day. To get to school every day. But that's not even that bad. Like people came from Staten Island, which was like really far. It took them, they had to take a boat. So <laughs> I felt for them. The, the trains and the bus aren't so bad, yeah. right? Uh, let's talk about in Juliet now, because it looks like you're just having a good time doing what you do. Oh yes, oh yes. What is that like every night? Every night it is the best feeling because I get to play a character that's so close to my heart and my journey as a young woman finding her voice and discovering herself here. Um, and it's so inspiring to be able to have a positive impact on so many people every night, especially young women and, and girls. A lot of mothers bring their daughters and they message me on Instagram and, and thank me and, you know, and that's, it, it's the best feeling. It's what the it, best what, feeling. Yeah, what does that feel like? Because I feel mm -hmm. like you don't realize who you impact. You've got a whole 
theater filled with people, but you don't realize who you're really impacting because everybody mm -hmm. comes there with their own story, right? Right. And then they're they're listening to yours and they come away with you know whatever they come away with. Has anything mm -hmm. surprised you that you've that you've heard or been told by audience members? Or really, I remember you? one mother took their uh, five-year-old daughter and she said, "I just I wanted to thank you." so much. It, it was so great seeing uh, someone who is of mixed race also performing and being the lead and um, her daughter is mixed and I follow, I follow both of them on social media because they're inspiring. She has her girl and I remember the, the hashtag was her daughter is a warrior not a princess. So she has her doing things, anything that she wants to do and it's it's like Juliet, like the sky is the limit and you're going to hear her roar. So <laughs> there, there is no limitations just because of your, who you identify as. This story is a is a, a story of a it's flipped on its head, right? Mm -hmm. And and uh, something so different. I feel, I feel like people come to it with do they come with an expectation of what it's going to be and walk away not believing what the show is. Honestly, because it's such a word of mouth show, yeah. I feel like a lot of people don't know what to expect and that's the the best part because they leave being just transformed into this new world of old and new, a Shakespearean time, mm -hmm. but uh, sort of also like 90s, early 2000s vibes. And you see that in the costumes, the music, of course, and they just, they have a blast and it's laughing nonstop. It's almost like a big, like everyone's having a big party, but it's also surprising to them because they are touched and they connect with the, the characters. The characters who are non-binary, the, the characters and our whole, our whole cast is so diverse. Mm -hmm. They see themselves on stage. And it's also multi-generational. It's really about love and connection and supporting each other um, and growth. So it's, it, it's a beautiful story. It's a funny story. It's, it's everything. And uh, <laughs> every night I also have to, it's hard as an actor too when people in the audience are having so much fun right. that they're just like they're singing along with you <laughs> or they're like the, their laughter like is so um authentic that it's so loud <laughs> and you know but i just i take it as a compliment because they feel that they can be their true selves and they can oh. express themselves yeah. they feel so loved and so supported by what they're seeing and the people that's around them that they can be free and that i don't think i've ever really experienced like as an audience member like in a broadway show well the, the, they feel like they're part of the show exactly right? and that's what it's all about exactly has this been a pinch me moment to be in a lead like this now on broadway i know you've you've been on broadway but to have mm -hmm. this type of a role it is it is a pinch me moment um and you know during the pandemic we didn't know what was going to happen, what was going to become of, of Broadway. So this getting this role is is very special. Um, and it, it makes me think that, OK, everything happens for a reason, because all those no's, no's, no's were was because there was something better. There was something that was for me.
Mm -hmm. what, what made you never give up hope when you heard no's? I think it's my spirituality and also I, I'm always in class. When I'm not on stage performing in something, I'm constantly working on my instrument and, and working on myself and bettering myself. So even though they say no now, oh, just wait yep. next year <laughs> or, you know. Do you have a favorite song on the show? Mm, a favorite song? Well, now I have to say Roar. Yeah? I, I okay. love the... Did it change? Did it change? From I, people, people also really love Baby One More Time mm -hmm. in the very beginning of the, that's the first song that I sing. But I'm really loving my journey and it, it feels like I've earned that last song now. You, you certainly have. <laughs> You're such a you. pleasure. Thank you so much. I appreciate you taking Thank the time you. to talk to us. Thank you. Of yes. course. Congratulations on everything. Yay. <laughs> The collaboration stars Paul Bettany and Jeremy Pope, playing two of the giants in modern art history. Here's Paul Wontorp with that interview. So there's this there's this famous poster, right? Mm -hmm. Boxing poster. I remember when I first encountered it, I was so confused about it, actually. I was like, what's happening here? Is this a, bo a boxing match between Basquiat and Warhol? And and it isn't. It was actually this this fantastic art collaboration. Uh, that's how they first sort of came together, and now we have this play that's um, teaching people about that, but also a, a lot more about these two fantastic modern artists. What, do you remember the first time you each encountered that image? It's very iconic. I do, actually. Hmm? Uh, my friend Rebecca Chaiklin. This is not going to be very interesting for you, but <laughs> my friend Rebecca Chaiklin has one in her dining room. Shout out to Rebecca. Yeah. Shout out to Rebecca. Yeah, yeah. She is one of the directors of The Lion King. Wow. No, not The Lion King. The, what was the, the Tiger King? The Tiger King. Tiger very, King. very different than different, The Lion King. Different, different well, thank thing. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you, Rebecca. Um, I'm trying to think, when did I see that image? It might have been when, we were, when I was doing research for the play. Yeah. Yeah, it's when I was just coming across all the things they did together and found that image very striking. Yeah, we hear about it in, in the play. This is a, a beautiful play. Um, I, I got a chance to read it, and it really does... It, it, these, these two men came together, and in such a... Um, they both were at very different places in their career and their lives, and they really kind of fed off each other, right? I mean, isn't that sort of what was happening here? I mean, Andy Warhol was at such a fascinating point in his career, uh, many, many, like 20 years into fame, and Basquiat was uh, someone that he sort of knew first from the sidewalks of, of the village who, had, who was rising up. Can you talk a little bit about sort of what they got out of each other? Yeah, I mean, I think ultimately what our play is exploring is just these two, you know, people who on the surface feel very different. You know, when you look at their art, um, it's kind of like night and day. Um, and they collaborated. They found they, you know, they found this time together to, to see each other, and I think kind of fall in love artistically, emotionally is what happened. I think um, for Basquiat was a bit unexpected, but he he admired Warhol for for who he was and what he did. Um, but again, like you said, we're, we're we're meeting them at a time where, you know, Warhol Warhol is existing as one thing, and Basquiat is kind of on the rise um, as this neo-expressionist artist. Um, and we kind of see how the art landscape is changing and what that means for Warhol and what that means for Basquiat. Mm -hmm. um, and for them to have their art dealer, um, their agent, Bruno, 
come in and kind of facilitate um, this this exhibition, mm -hmm. if you will, to go, you are very different and you are very different. What happens if I put you in the room together? Um, can something magical happen? Um, and I, I believe in my heart and soul that something um, special did happen and they, and they found each other and they found a friendship um, and companionship that outlived, I think, their art and, and just the exhibition itself. Yeah, I mean, like, like a six-year friendship, yeah, right? Yeah. Until Andy's uh, yeah. death. I mean, it was some yeah. time. Yeah. Paul, you were wary, I, I read, to take on, I mean, playing Andy Warhol um, is, he's, his mannerisms, his physical appearance, it's very specific. Mm -hmm. it's, um, it's almost hard for people to, um, he, he seems otherworldly in some ways, the way, you know, the, the physical presence of Andy Warhol. Were mm -hmm. you, what was it like to take him on? Uh, yes, well, yes, you're right. I, I, Dennis O'Sullivan, producer, uh, who's an old mate of mine, uh, called me up and said, would you like to play Andy Warhol? And I went, absolutely not, no. I, I think there's probably a reason that um, he's usually a cameo in, in movies or plays. And, and, um, <laughs> and I might have been right. I mean, we'll see. We'll see what the critics <laughs> like. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, um, but uh, uh, I had seen uh, the, uh, their collaboration mounted at the Whitney mm -hmm. um, a couple of years before, and I was obsessed with them, all the books on them. So I actually knew a lot about the collaboration between mm -hmm. uh, Basquiat and Warhol. And so I was fascinated. And then but I, I just felt like it was very, it's very difficult to get out from underneath all of that mm. carefully curated monosyllabic public persona that he had. And, um, and then I, he sent me the diaries. And the diaries I didn't understand, were, I, I hadn't realized, were um, just sort of downloaded. He, he, he dictated them to Pat every uh, morning and um, he speaks in these long circuitous sentences and uh, so I, I, I started talking to some people that knew him like Candice Bowden and, um, and Anna Winter and, 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 and uh, they said yeah he was very verbose in, in private and quite free with uh, himself mm. and so I went oh because the diaries read a lot more like Truman Capote than they do you think your your idea of Andy Warhol and so I thought maybe there was a that maybe there was a way in because I, I I was I was picturing you know an hour and a half of me stuttering and and <laughs> and being taciturn and, and unresponsive I thought this is going to be the worst hour and a half in a theater ever, and it might well be. We'll see. We'll see what people say. It's not. I can confirm it's not. <laughs> How, what do you think of the art? I mean, the actual art is so interesting. Um, Warhol was very obsessed with the corporate logos at that point, right? And Basquiat was adding, in my opinion, a lot of sort of politics to it. Um, what do you think of the actual art when you see? There, there are lovers and haters of it. I, I, I found it incredibly moving and I did not understand, I didn't know um, that it had been a total flop when uh, it yeah. was first mounted. Mm. But this is a blip. I mean, you can't get one for under $90 million now. Right. And, so and, and so I, <laughs> you know, this was you know, the, I, I think it was an incredibly successful collaboration. Mm, right. And 
it's very much kind of what the play is about. That, that, that two people with seemingly no, no, nothing in common finding common ground. And right. I, you really find, I, I, I think you feel that in their, in their works together. I think I found them very moving. Right, same. I think Basquiat had, um, from his heart and mind, he had a direct connection to his canvas. So that's why it does feel political, it does feel spiritual, because I think he's just channeling wherever he is and what was happening in the world. Mm -hmm. um, whereas Andy kind of has, he sits with it and, he, and there's corporations, there's logos, but there's also an intention behind it. And I think that's what our, our play kind of explores, yeah. that they both have very strong intentions with how they're approaching their art and then that's where they're able to find the common ground within that. These two men, their, their art is, so pro prevalent. Um, I mean, you know, you know, I I spent a good chunk of the pandemic watching the Andy Warhol Diaries on Netflix, would be that beautiful docu series. And um, I was at Target the other day, and they had Basquiat art. You know, his, his art has really been in a lot of fashion collaborations recently. It's pretty remarkable um, oh. just to see how the interest never wanes. I mean, if anything, we're just more and more fascinated by these two men. Right. I think that's correct. Yeah. And I think that you alluded to a thing that's very, that, 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 that is also what the play is about, um, which is very interesting. It catches Andy at a time where his relevancy was on the wane. And that must have been terrifying for a little boy from Pennsylvania who had, who was so very much afraid that he had, through a sort of desperate magic, changed the world and made the world see him as a star. And it was uh, to a large degree where his sort of safety in the world was coming from. And suddenly there's this, mm -hmm. uh, 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 this young man who's, who's dealing in a sort of neoclassicism, uh, the, the, uh, neo-expressionism that must, must have felt to um, Andy uh, regressive and also just terrifying because the market was saying, no, Right. This guy's right, right. <laughs> and that that must have been frightening for him. And and so the, yeah, they find they find themselves, you know, this young man coming up and this uh, sort of older statesman of conceptual art, you know. Right. Um, yeah, and it's I mean it's I think it's beautiful to kind of see the world still unpacking the Andy and unpacking right. the Basquiat. May their art live forever. Um, and I think that's, that's the takeaway, is that, you know, I do believe, especially with Basquiat, but we lost great, a great mind, a great, you know, creative. Um, and him and Basquiat, they contributed so much to what we see in our culture um, and what we see in aesthetic and in art. Gosh, I think Andy so Warhol predicted Instagram, essentially, yeah. and just how, you know, things do start to feel like right now we're living in a, a space of branding and, and what's your brand, what's your thing, and, and surface level a bit. Um, so it, it, it's just interesting to see kind of that follow through even after they're, you know, they've, they've gone on, um, how the world is still kind of unveiling just the souls and the heart of their art and their contributions to art. Yeah, I, it's sort of like a, it's an interesting thought experiment, right, to sort of imagine what the world would look like now if Basquiat and mm. Warhol hadn't 
existed. It's like trying to imagine what it would sound like without the Beatles or something. You know, mm -hmm. like <laughs> it's, it's, it's we take for granted so much of how things look graphically in advertisements and in art and in fashion, uh, and 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 so much of it is um, d derivative of of Warhol and Basquiat, mm -hmm. actually. Absolutely. Jeremy, you're someone who I think of as having a brand. I feel like even, you know, I feel like um, we've, we've seen you have this incredible Broadway rise. Um, I, I feel like you have a fantastic brand and a fantastic style. Uh, what do you relate to about this guy? And what, what did you like um, finding out about Basquiat when you, when you dug into the research of it? Um, I think Basquiat was a multifaceted individual. I don't think he enjoyed being boxed in as one thing um, because that's that's not his that wasn't his human experience and that's not my human experience so I love being able to be a part of the arts and all of the things that come with that whether that's fashion music theater stage screen um, and being able to learn about myself through that through that medium um, I think the thing that I found the most interesting about Basquiat is just his ease um, I can be sometimes, not the mic, I can be sometimes a bit of a perfectionist and, you know, want things to, to go a specific way. Um, I live in this place of, like, do nothing without intention. So I think that can be good, but then also sometimes it, you can get stuck in your way of what your intention was supposed to be or what the, that, what the outcome, you know, mm. what you want the outcome to be. But I think his approach at life and his approach, especially in his art, there was an ease, and it was okay to mess up. It was okay to start over. Um, it was okay to be imperfect, and and I and I and I think that that made him the beautiful soul um, that that he he is and was kind of walking this earth and being in this community of artists and kind of embracing just all forms of art and all types of people. I feel like the Anna Wintour's people I've got to connect with that knew him and knew him well was just like there was a light. There was just something about him. He was so warm and welcoming. Um, he was in a band. He was in this. He was in. He wasn't really good at in the band. It was like, but he was just there for the community aspect, and 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 that that feels very rich in just life and how you learn from others. Um, and you see that in in his art. You see that in his art. This just direct connection from heart, mind, soul to canvas up until he passed. It's really fun in the play watching them size each other up when, when in, in the first act um, in their own unique ways. What was it like? Uh, what was the Paul Jeremy collaboration like? What was it like sort of coming together and getting to know? Did you size each other up? What was that process like? What was it like? <laughs> well, Paul, interesting <laughs> that you should ask. I think it's really tell the truth about this. Can we dim the lights? Um, no, it was this. I've said this before, but it really feels like this is getting on stage with Jeremy feels like as close to flying in my dreams or skiing somehow where I just go oh my god everything's easy and and and, and it has its own volition and and the 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 the, the play just starts and then suddenly you're 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 flying and um, it's a wonderful it's a wonderful feeling of play and and joy and 
when you're doing something that could be feel repetitive and right. to work with somebody that surprises you every night and you go so beyond playing Andy Warhol and, and Jeremy playing Basquiat, to just see an actor be really clever and come up with something new, and you just, it's just inspiring and makes me love him. And then I want to play uh, and give him something back. And it's, and there's nothing competitive about it. You know, you, right. some actors you work with, that, that, that it, it, it's, you feel like you're in a sporting event, and then you're like, Oh, you're trying to beat me at acting. Just <laughs> <acting. laughs> like crazy. Um, so the, the, that from from day one, I get, when we for, came into the read through, I, I hadn't acted on stage for 25 years. I was terrified. Mm. I didn't know if I could. So I I'd learned the whole thing basically. I'd learned mm -hmm. the play, and I came in. We sat down and. Mind you, we have, we, have not, we have not met. Oh, we wow. haven't we, met. We didn't wow. do chemistry. And then he had also <laughs> learned the play. And so we were just there, ready to go. And, and I was like, wow. We, that gives you so much time right. of that rehearsal to be spent on more interesting things than stumbling over your lines, <laughs> you know? Right. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, oh, yeah. And I'm, I mean, I'm just, I'm super great super grateful for P. Um, you know, this has been a very unique journey as far as taking it to the Young Vic, shooting the film, which we wrapped a mm. week ago, and now bringing it home to New York. I say home because MTC is where I had my Broadway debut, and now he gets to have his Broadway debut, but I just find every iteration of this, we've just continued to, f to, to dig deeper into the souls and the hearts of these individuals. Um, and whenever, you know, I have, you have certain days where you can get in your head and feel anxious just about it all. And I'll call him and it's like, he's having the same feeling. So I really, it's just this affirmation of like, we're in this together. And it's such a gift when I get on that stage to have a partner where I do feel so free and that the sky is the limit and we can just get on this ride together. And he's down to get on the ride. One thing we promised each other in London was all for the fun and to keep exploring and, and, and trying and for it not to feel like the same thing or this, you know, which, which is sometimes difficult to do when you're doing eight shows a week and, you know, the beginning is the beginning and the end is the end, but we've just been able to find colors and nuance and make it exciting for ourselves. Um, so it, it, it's a bit bittersweet because this is kind of like the last leg of the tour, but I'm so excited that we're here in New York. That's right. That we're on Broadway together with our amazing cast that we've been uh, working as, with. As wonderful as as it was, it went down very well in London. We loved doing it, and, but it really does feel like a a homecoming mm -hmm. for the for the play. I feel like we're bringing it to its natural uh, home. Right. You know, it's, 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 this is the habitat. It's a stomping ground. It's, yeah. it's a New York story, and to be able to show it to New Yorkers, uh, these two, you know. New York icons, um, I'm really, I'm thrilled to be doing that, right? Yeah. Those two guys may have walked by that theater together. I mean, <laughs> they walk these yeah, streets. They definitely do. The um, I have to ask you about the hair. They both have iconic <laughs> hair. So what is the, the wig work like? And Listen. how does it feel? To be, and do you miss it when you take it off? <laughs> <laughs> nope. 
we've learned a lot about uh, the hair. Yeah. Over the over the. So we have. Um, I, I have a brilliant uh, wig maker called Carol Robinson. She's made all of my wigs, and we. She made the first wig for the play in London, and she felt she had made a mistake. So. And the mistake was that Andy actually used uh, half human hair and half, <laughs> you know, I don't know, this is interesting, <laughs> Someone's yak, like, yak belly hair. And so uh, we uh, redressed that this year uh, in, the, in the film. And so those are the wigs that I'm bringing to uh, MTC. Yes. They're having their they're having their uh, they're having their Broadway debut. Some Tibetan yaks yeah. that are having their Broadway debut. Yeah. And I mean, Basquiat, you know, he had, he, had, he had free locks, which is, you just let them grow. Yeah. So it's hard to, which I won't say hard, but it's challenging when you're making wigs and to really find out what, 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 what was he doing? And the answer is nothing. It was, it was just growing to his head in a specific way. So it's been fun to kind of find our interpretation of it. And, um, you know, it, it definitely helps, I think, with both characters having the wigs. You know, it, it kind of brings it together. Um, so we were very sensitive to them to make sure that they were right, but yeah. I feel good about them. They're fun. They're fun. Good place to hide a little snack as well. Yeah, yeah. Right in there. Get hungry. Oh. <laughs> you know, they uh, both these men uh, died tragically. Andy died after surgery, and about a year and a half later, Basquiat died of an overdose. Um, Do you ever think about if they were around now? What what the? It's so fascinating to think about what their their death um, added to their legacy and sort of what the, the art would be mm. now. I mean, you're not living in a world where either one of them can show up at the theater, um, right. sort of a lot of freedom in that. But um, I don't know, just sort of, what do you think about their um, sort of untimely deaths and, and how the legacy carries on and what sort of that adds to it? Um. I mean, it's interesting as I think. I think I, I think it, it makes me think about myself as an artist in a weird way about just not knowing what your contributions on this earth will do once once you pass because that's one thing that is inevitable is is death whenever it comes around um, and I just hope and pray that all of the art that I'm creating that we're creating will will mean something and be effective, you know past that date. So, you know, while I wish they were here to witness their genius and their brilliance, I think it's important that we find opportunities as artists, as communities to uplift the men and not make them about their, their deaths, but just the art and their contributions to the world and how they did shape um, a generation and, and, and communities. So, I think that's beautiful. That's what we're seeing. I think that's why you're seeing the Basquiat at a Target, yeah. because someone told a friend, told another friend, told an executive, told a corporation, and mm -hmm. now we're starting to live and breathe with these artists. Um, and I think that's really special and that's very impactful. So I do hope that fans, lovers of these individuals, Warhol and Basquiat, do come and see the production and continue to just uplift them and 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 and. Support them and and their legacy because that that is what they left a a huge impactful legacy. Yeah, I do. Uh, but I I, I I take your point. The thing I'm really in, I would be interested in is 
in the brief time that they uh, lived after the collaboration, you can absolutely see each other's influence in mm. each of their work. And I would love to have seen where that was going. You know, Warhol started doing some really interesting work again. Mm. Um, uh, but I think you're right. There's a time for celebration. Mm -hmm. There's a line Basquiat says in the play, I can't make shoes, right? Mm -hmm. Isn't that the line? Mm -hmm. I, I can't make shoes. Uh, they, that's, that's why he makes art. Is that something you relate to as artists? Is this sort of like, that that's sort of the ultimate thing, right? I mean, this is what I do because this is what I'm good at. Do you feel that way as performing artists? Um, I don't know. I think I have a more negative spin on it, which is that <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to be a guitar player. And um, I wasn't good enough. Uh, uh, and I became an actor. <laughs> that's, that's the truth. I thought I was really musical until I had my I children. You are very musical. And then my children just extraordinary musicians. Oh, and, yeah. and then I went, oh. <laughs> Oh, that's why. You both also had fantastic success on screen, on film and TV. And Jeremy, you're having uh, actually a very buzzy moment right now. You have a movie coming out, The Inspection. Yes. Everyone's it's talking about it. So Can't wait to see it. Irritatingly good. <laughs> irritatingly good. That's the review. So good at it. Really, I went to see it the other night. I was so annoyed at him. He was like, right out of the box. He's just great. Uh, so, yeah, that was very annoying. But. <laughs> it's very annoying. <laughs> um, you got to make uh, a film of the collaboration yeah. after your London run, so that you just wrapped it. That's sort of that'll come out after this. You're, you're not you're going to keep seeing each other. You'll do the Broadway run, and then you'll do press for the film. So yeah. the relationship will keep going on for a while. What was it like to expand the world? There's obviously a lot of opportunity to expand. Uh, this story and then now to bring it back to the stage and how did work on the film inform the new run of the play? Well, um, it was really, it was actually really interesting and yeah. we, we uh, all of us, Jeremy, myself, Anthony McCartan, Kwame, Dennis O'Sullivan, we all, they all flew in and we all went, I have a place up in Vermont, and we spent a long, long weekend up in Vermont discussing story and everything, and it was really uh, a, a, a sort of a real, um, what's the word, catalyst moment mm -hmm. for, the, for, the, for, the, right. for, the, for, for what the film, film was gonna become, and um, really op broadened it. Yeah, undo it, undo the play, you know, and, yeah. and, and, and explore what the world can be, because I do think, Sorry to cut you off, but I do think like it lives, film lives different, you know, and there, there were, sure. we wanted to know what were the possibilities and opportunities that we could take in, you know, following these men and their time together. So it's, it's, it can be difficult when you spent months and months kind of, one, trying to figure out what your play is for the young Vic. So then we're like, can we have this many months before we start production? That was a very formative right. trip for us to go and kind of flip everything a bit on its head to then get to the soul um, in the heart of what the play, what the intention was of making this piece so that we could then follow suit with, with the film. Right, you know? right, and the, ob the object necessarily looks very different, you know, and, and, right. and has different requirements uh, because it's a, it's a very different object. And so that was fascinating to do and then really irritating because we had to unlearn all of our 
Yeah. They had to unlearn the play because yeah. things were being repurposed, build different mnemonics for the for the word. Yeah, yeah. And now we're <laughs> in the process of trying to get rid of the film and yeah. and 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 the play the play has benefited from it has changed. It's benefited from things that we learnt mm -hmm. during the making of the film. So um there the, 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 the are definitely new things in the play from... That's the thing, we like keep finding, we keep exploring and finding, and I think that's to have creators and collaborators that are down to do that and not go, this is what it is, this is what it has to be, but that was kind of one thing we said in rehearsals, it's not about what we did, it's about what we do. So keeping it active mm -hmm. um, in the exploration. So now that we're here on Broadway, we go, what, what do we want to do? And less about like, oh, what we did in the movie or what we did yeah. in London. And that's great, and it's fun, and it, it, it keeps it fresh and new mm -hmm. um, and exciting, you know. So uh, while we are going back to the play, the script, um, you know, of, of the collaboration, it, it feels new. It At least it did yesterday. Yeah, it certainly did. <laughs> Great day. Well, yeah. you know what? After the film, if you get, if you miss each other, I would totally watch like a Netflix streaming series based on them as well. Just we want to do a comedy. And we want to do a comedy. Next up is a comedy. Yeah. <laughs> just jokes. Just jokes. <laughs> you can just keep going. Wait, finally, do you make art on stage? Do you actually well, art? I make. Well, yeah. Yeah. What? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Start stop. All right, rolling. Perfect. Thank you, Paul. Um, so start stop. Okay. You you actually make art on stage, don't you? Both? Is that both sort of the? Uh, well, uh, I do it in. <laughs> don't give it away. Don't give it away. Don't, don't, just, don't give, it, don't it, give away. it away. I, what am I doing? We create some art. I know. I was like, I was Thank watching you, you just. <laughs> You were about to give stage directions. I was like a child that walked into an adult world and was about to like <laughs> give the game away. Yes, we do. We create some 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 magic on the stage and some art, uh, which is fun every night because yeah. we get to do that, and it, that's also new mm -hmm. every night. <laughs> that's gonna do it for us. But join us next week for the Broadway show Uncut. Until next time, I'm Tamson Fidel. Mm -hmm.